Hey, what's up, fam? We back. We're back. We back. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few weeks, but the Parents of Play podcast is back. We took a slight planned hiatus, and then an unplanned hiatus, and then another unplanned hiatus. Yeah, the last four weeks have been something else. Yeah, they have definitely been a whirlwind. It's just, it's all over the place the way that life works, but even though I hate when people say this, it's on brand for 2020. Oh my gosh. Well, it's it's just also a part of being a parent, too. You can't really plan for some of the things that happen. Not even just a parent. Being a person. A, a human. A spouse. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit of transparency would be at the beginning because it's also about just being yeah, I agree. what life is like. Mm-hmm. and I mean, we ran into... A little bit of a rough patch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, with you know. us, like with, in our yeah, relationship. Yeah, in our relationship. Not like, hey, we're still married. Don't worry. We're not. Yeah. Nothing, Mama. nothing like. <laughs> Mom and Papa is still here. We're yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> but I mean, we, we all have stuff that happened in our past. We all do. You, listeners yeah. included. And in that first week, I think it would have just felt super not genuine if we had recorded a podcast because that first week is when we were really not excited with each other mm-hmm. um and that's kind of what started the break we yeah. were planning on taking a one week break and then after that one week break i had i got sick i had to mm-hmm. go on antibiotics nothing like covid related at all it was more of a dodge bullet there so then that was the second week and honestly the last the two weeks after that i, I really don't remember I feel I feel like maybe it was five weeks. No, it was four. Because oh, okay, it was four. Well, the week before UTI was the the week that we had. That's a, what I said. A big argument. Oh, yeah. you did say that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was yeah. zoning out, just thinking about life and how rough it can and be. And it was so ironic because that first Sunday, that Sunday is when we had that big argument, mm-hmm. and then the next Sunday is when I had the UTI. And then the Sunday after that was just like, because we usually record on Sundays. Yeah. Um, was just, hey, we need a friggin' break. Yeah. It was, it was so, those first two weeks were so yeah. rough. We were not sleeping. Yeah. To which I can say, like, we're not marriage counselors, and I'm sure you don't need another person telling you how to live your own life. But, well, basically, you just need to be honest with your partner. Yeah. It all comes down to honesty, and we ran into a patch where there wasn't honesty, can complete transparency. There wasn't honesty from Asa about something, and it just kind of just went out of control from there. Yeah, and again, <laughs> it was like a snowball. Yeah, and if you're listening, and you're like, "Oh shoot, what happened?" Again, it, it was nothing nefarious. No. It was nothing like it. Yeah, but you know. it, but still, that just shows. How fragile a relationship can be if you're not honest with each other. Yeah. So you, the smallest little thing. So but all of that to say. <laughs> all that to say, we're back. We're back. We're back, baby. And I think we're better than ever. Yeah. For oh, sure. 100%. We grew a lot in the last four weeks. My therapist said that it was good for that to happen. Yes. And I <laughs> think it was good for that to happen. Also, Asa started therapy. I did. I did. I started Which therapy. Which I think is a huge win. But yes. So we are back. Um, and that means that we are continuing this very long, drawn-out Avatar The Last Airbender series. Oh my gosh, series. I know. I feel like we should be on to the next thing, but 
but we care that much. Okay, so when we were like looking back at the episodes of like the ones we're gonna go over, immediately the love and excitement came back. So yeah. I'm happy to still be talking about Avatar. Well, I mean, now is a good as time as any, as we uh, we get ready to dive back into Avatar. Avatar World to just formally start the podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you for listening to the Parents of Play podcast. I'm the dad, Asa. And I'm the mom, Reagan. And we are going to be diving into book two, Earth. Right? Yeah. Yeah, Earth of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Okay, so the first episode is the Avatar state. And when we were looking over this, you said you didn't really have... Yeah, the, I looking it over, for me, this is not the start of season two because while there are important things to happen, it just wasn't super, it didn't hit for me like the second one did. So I don't really have a ton to say about this one. I really enjoyed this episode personally and I enjoyed it, but it was also extremely frustrating because of that Fong guy trying to get Aang all mad to go into the Avatar yeah. state. Um, I think the biggest, there were two things that stood out to me in this episode, and that was when Aang went into the Avatar state, and so when Roku tells Aang that he's at his most powerful, but um, it's also his biggest weakness, because if he's killed in the Avatar state, then the reincarnation cycle would be broken. Oh, yeah. And then the Avatar would just not exist <laughs> Cease to so exist. i feel like that's a pretty big thing that was revealed in that episode and i also think it's a little bit of a uh foreshadowing of what's to come in cora if you watch cora depending on who you are and how you take things yeah asa we don't need to get into the... <laughs> we'll get into that when we talk about cora yeah um the other fresh i feel like this episode was just really frustrating uh, for both sides, for Aang, but then also for Zuko, because Azula tricked Zuko and Iroh, saying, like, oh, you're gonna come home, and you're gonna be heroes, and dad wants to see you, and Zuko was, like, so excited to go home, and he, that his dad was, like, proud of him, mm-hmm. and then come to find out that they were being taken back as prisoners. Oh, yeah. I, I completely thought, forgot about that. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty big part of it, too. And then obviously they got away and ran, but I mean, I th- I think like the what was cool if I had to try and discern anything from it when Aang was in the Avatar state and he was fighting all those Earth guys. That yeah, was neat. that was super satisfying because <laughs> yeah. those guys were so annoying. And Fong really reminded me of Boromir, like really trying to take something super powerful, yeah, and use it selfishly for his own reasons. Yeah. Well, that's all we have to yeah. say about that episode. But then we get to episode two. Can I jump to episode two? Even though it's one of my favorite episodes, sure, go ahead. Uh, fine, I'll just talk about the one thing about episode two. Wait, that... you, you didn't even introduce it. Oh, like say the, the name of it and everything? Yeah, you told me to do that. Oh, that's right, that's right. Well, I, yeah, no, you go, yes. What's the title? Because I forget. Okay, so second episode is The Cave of Two Lovers. Yes, The Cave of Two Lovers. And this episode has the key thing that just made the entire series baller. And it is the song that those roaming gypsy people sang 
And I'm not going to sing the whole song because I'm afraid of copyright. But basically, the hook. Secret, secret tunnel. tunnel yeah. <laughs> secret tunnel. I mean, if you've watched Avatar, you know, you yes. know the song. That, oh my gosh. How many times did I like play just that part? Probably, yeah, way, way too much. But I mean, the, the rest of the episode was good. Like them getting split up and seeing them have to like work together and find true love. And then we actually see like a very heavy moment between Aang and Katara. Well, and I liked learning about the story of the two lovers in the cave. And then obviously Aang and Katara are fighting because... Aang was like, ooh, kissing you would be disgusting because, you know, he's <laughs> trying to play it down like he would be so excited to kiss yeah. Katara. But then they end up... I don't... I feel like they do kiss I each other. Like they, I think they do kiss I each other. Like even though... I don't know. Because the whole secret is it's brightest in the dark. Mm-hmm. Your love is brightest in the dark. Something like that. So then, like... But when they go to kiss, their, like, candles go out. So it's like... It leaves you to your imagination. Did they kiss? Did they not? But we're going to say that they kissed. Well, because then right after that, didn't it get like super bright? Yeah, but it could have gotten bright because their candles went out. I, yeah. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But we're just going to say that they kissed and it's magical. The cave is magical. Do you think our love is uh, brightest in the dark? (laughs) If you keep overstuffing the washer. Okay. Okay, but another, I think... The other reason why I love this episode, not only because of Aang and Katara, but because of Zuko and I think her name was Song, um, the Earth Village girl that he meets, and they were kind of getting into a romance thing. Oh, oh, this is like when they were like walking in the yeah, town and, and, and like he's like, can't... close your eyes and he lights yeah, them Yeah, oh my gosh. I was that was like, a precious Okay, moment. Zuko. Yeah, that was super cute. I definitely would rather i kind of wanted them even though it was like a, a fling one time like well, thing I, I wanted that to happen i really thought that they would be good together and at the beginning song showing zuko her fire her scar from the fire nation like yeah. and they were able to connect on that but obviously he steals their ostrich horse thingy and they never see each other again <laughs> personally i would have kind of rather him end up a song yeah i feel like there were plenty of moments throughout the show where zuko i don't think anybody else but at least zuko like has moments with all of these different females and you're like oh you'd be good with that person oh you'd be good with that person and it just never happens yeah song was especially my favorite though and i think it's interesting to the parallels between ang and zuko even in that episode how do you mean like the romance aspect of it oh okay like it was something was close to happening but yeah oh and then the big part at the end of it is when they see that omashu has been taken over by the fire nation oh yeah i don't know why but that part always sticks out to me when saga's like and here's oma oh no that part always stuck out to me (laughs) but i mean it's like uh we were just there like to yeah. see Omashu change that drastically, and this like just bleeds into episode three, which is Return to Omashu. Um, I don't know about you, but I remember like seeing that, and I'm like, wait, no! <laughs> like we were just here yeah. when we met Boomy for the first time. 
how is this like how did it happen so fast but you know fire nation moves quick but this one was intense oh yeah this is the one where they do the pentapox thing yeah where they basically pretend the to be a zombie horde yeah, yeah which i thought was brilliant um this episode was really fun but i kind of feel like it was slightly a filler like mm-hmm. nothing too major i mean obviously the whole plot was fun and exciting um but nothing too big stands out to me besides like obviously um the gang's fight with tylee and may and Mm -hmm. azula and then this is where because this whole time we're under the assumption that boomy is going to be ang's earthbending instructor and then boomy's like "Eh, actually no and tells him that he needs to find somebody who waits and listens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next one is called The Swamp. Oh, The Swamp, at first, like, the first time that I watched it through, all I remembered was, like, the giant monster, and I didn't really care. But when we watched it this time, The Swamp had, like, some spooky, scary aspects to it. Like, it was very... Yeah, this was definitely creepy. And then yeah. them seeing, like, Princess Yue and Katara sees her mom. Like, they're seeing dead people. It's kind of freaky. But then also, Aang, this is the first time that we see Toph. He sees a vision of Mm. this mysterious, like, giggling little girl. Which is, in the context, is super creepy. Like, I feel like every gory horror movie has, like, a laughing girl and it's... But for me, like, what I thought was really interesting, and I'm still puzzled to this day, I mean, I kind of get it, but, like, the the swamp people, like, that one guy was, like, bending trees. Or, like, he was bending, like, the like the vines and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that they're waterbenders. So yeah. it's like he was bending the water inside of them. Yeah. Like, I just thought that that was a, a neat take. Because you, you always see people, like, bending the elements. Mm-hmm. And you're like, if you've got the Pokemon set of mine, well, what about the grass type? Like, I think this was like one of our first times that we saw like a sub bender. Yes, yes, sub. I couldn't think of the word. You because said it much in, better. In Korra, it's way more like so many other people are sub benders, and it's much bigger, like a bigger ass, like scale. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that we were introduced to that possibility. Which I think there's only two times in season two, book two as a whole. But book two introduces two, maybe three sub styles, which I thought was really neat. Yeah. Nothing else really stuck out. I mean, this is just, this episode always kind of creeped me out that first half, but then obviously ended on a lighter note. And also going back to Zuko and Iroh, it shows that Zuko is using the blue spirit to help them through being commoners, Mm. which I thought was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I love the blue spirit. <laughs> and I think that's cool that that is his, like, disguise. Yeah. Or it's, like, his second. His excuse to do something good. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like Superman, but the opposite. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that. Maybe a little bit of, uh, I was going to say Batman, but cause of, mainly because of the brooding aspect. Mm, but. Yeah. So then that takes us into the next episode, which is Avatar Day. Oh, I freaking loved Avatar Day for one reason only. Okay, so this is where we're really introduced to Kyoshi. Avatar yes. Kyoshi. Yes. The B A 
queen herself. Which is literally the only reason that I care about this episode because we get to see Kyoshi being Kyoshi. She's amazing. Yes. And I love that they like, it was kind of like an investigative episode. They spent the entire episode trying to figure out what happened to Chin the Conqueror and... <laughs> and Sokka and his detective <laughs> yeah. gear, that monocle. Well, and it's so ironic because the whole time they're defending her and they're like no she would never like you have it all wrong we need to figure out who killed chin the conqueror and then at the end she's basically like it was me and i do it again <laughs> like she had no remorse she was like sorry it was me she might be my favorite avatar yeah i love her also quick side note did you see eugene from try guys do the cosplay oh my gosh and of zuko and azula yes so cool okay so the other aspect looking at the other storyline wow i really didn't realize how much like dual storyline that they do in avatar until i'm going back and reading it like every episode is ang and zuko yeah but on completely different paths it's very much um reminds me of like naruto and sasuke yeah yeah Except for in those, it would just be an entire episode was that one right. person. I like but. the way that they combine the two. But then, obviously, this is where Zuko and Iroh decide to part ways. Because Iroh caught him being the blue spirit and, like, stealing food because they were starving. And can I just read this quote that Iroh says? Yeah, do it. Um, Go for it. Iroh tells Zuko, in the darkest times, hope is something you give yourself. That is the meaning of inner strength. And I feel like that's something that Zuko hasn't really, obviously he hasn't really gotten a grasp on that yet. So then they decide that it would be best to travel separately. Mm-hmm. And then the episode is punctuated by an awesome fight with Team Avatar fighting off like some Fire Nation banded people to save that village. Who was trying to, they were trying to boil Aang. So I thought that that was a really cool fight. Yeah. Ooh, and the next episode is one of my favorites, The Blind Bandit. So this is our first formal introduction to Toph. Oh my gosh. This episode was so freaking good. Pretty much every episode with with Toph is so good. She was one of my favorite characters in in the first show. This episode is just so fun because it's just like a earthbending tournament and so it kind of feels like wrestlemania or something oh totally they have um the boulder is totally a um a, a parody of macho man randy savage it's so good oh, that's the cool. boulder <laughs> and i love i love sokka's like he is full bore all into this like, oh my bending gosh like, sokka is so funny yes <laughs> oh and then this is where uh, this isn't like a major scene, but this scene always just makes me laugh when it's like towards the beginning where they're trying to figure out what this underground tournament, because this tournament is not like publicly known. It's more like, it's like under wraps. The, yeah, the, the underbelly. And so these people, these two guys like refuse to tell them and Katara's like, let me work my magic. And she gets them to tell her what's going on and they're like how did you do that and she's like oh a girl has her ways and then they're like frozen with their heads (laughs) together is am i jumping ahead is this the one where um at the end 
when her dad and the teacher are in the stands and she just takes everybody out in one fell swoop? I don't think so. Okay, it's not this one. Okay. Wait, yes, yes, yes. So all of this happens in one episode. That is like the longest 20 minutes ever. How did they fit all of this into that one episode? I don't know, but that is one of the best scenes in this entire show. Yeah, and her dad, who is super against top fighting, uh, sees her take out all of these enormous men and is still like oh no my princess darling you can't you can't go with the avatar frustrating because the whole time beforehand you're like you're (laughs) you're so weak or you're my frail little daughter and they're like just because she's blind which i if you haven't seen it yeah she's blind and so they just they coddle her and they they make her they don't make her feel weak because she knows that she's not but they just really shove that on her that you are helpless. You can't do anything. Yeah. So for her to just like to keep oh. it clean, just kick butt and yeah, take names. And that most of the fight, they're surrounded in dust. So nobody can see. So it's like a fair playing ground because yeah. it's like, OK, you think I can't see. Let's even the let's even the playing ground. Oh, and the animation is so sick. It's so good. Yeah. Love that episode. Love Toph. Yeah, I can still see it now. Like her sliding around with her hands like mm-hmm. this, and, and she's then like, she goes like, <laughs> "You can't." I'm I'm moving my hands. You can't see it, but I'm moving my hands trying to be Toph. Toph, I, I want to be you. Yeah. So then at the end, I feel like we should mention Toph actually lies to the gang and says, "Hey, my dad changed his mind. I can come with <laughs> you." And they leave. Well, Toph's family actually did not say yes, and so they're like the avatar kidnapped my my blind precious daughter, and so then they kind of hired not a hitman, but they hired somebody <laughs> to go and retrieve Toph. Yeah. It's the Master Yu and in... Zinfu. Oh, okay. So not If I'm not I'm I might not be pronouncing that right. I can't remember. And Zen Fu is the one who was running that underground fighting arena place thing. Ooh. Ugh. This next episode is so frustrating. Which one's this one? It's Zuko alone. Oh my gosh. This, yeah, yeah. This episode just makes me so angry. At the end, the whole, whole the whole time, episode is like, oh my gosh, wow, feel redemption, yeah, and even at the end, I'm still on Zuko's side. I'm oh like, yeah, me too, me too. Okay, we're let's <laughs> <laughs> we're talking around what actually happened, but believe us here. So I think like just the main thing is he's in this village and he is staying with an Earth Kingdom family and helping them out. And basically is protecting them from these Earth Kingdom soldier bullies, basically, that keep picking on this family. And so Zuko is protecting them, helping them, and he's building this relationship with their son. And he's like 10. So they kind of bond because his this 10-year-old boy, his older brother, is on the front lines. Mm, yeah. So he's not home. So then him and Zuko kind of form this brotherly bond. And yeah, at the end, the the bully soldiers take this little boy and was like, we're going to put you on the front lines if you think you can fight. Because he basically pulled a knife on them when they were threatening his family. Yeah. 
a knife that Zuko gave to him. Yes. And yeah, jeez, I don't even want to like the yeah. ending is so annoying. Like Zuko comes and saves this little boy and he has to firebend because the fight's getting that intense. Yeah, it's like these earthbenders are using their earthbending. They are in the military, so obviously they're pretty good fighters. So Zuko has to use his firebending. And the second that they find out he's a firebender, that family completely turns their back on him. Completely. With made, no oh, regard. It made me so angry. <laughs> Even though, like, they knew, they were learning about him. Like, they knew him. Obviously, they, they knew didn't. he was an outcast, but they were still, like, they treated him horribly. Yeah. And that, that boy just completely spit in his face and was like, I don't want that knife. Like, you keep that knife. It's not mine. <sighs> so ungrateful. That's what, that's what I'm like. This, this guy saved your life. I don't care if you hate firebenders that much. Yeah. What and it's, are you doing? it's so frustrating because that whole time he was protecting them, defending them, helping them. And just because he's a firebender. And this also frustrates me because it's like Zuko is already struggling with himself. And here he is going out of his way to be kind and to help these people who are in need and they just ruin it <laughs> some parallels to real life <laughs> yeah but after that horrible letdown of an episode well the episode is good after the the horrible letdown of the human spirit we get the next episode which was a needed break no are you kidding me <laughs> this episode was so stressful <laughs> the next episode is called the chase this episode was so stressful to me because every time they tried, every time the gang tried to lay down and rest, Azula and her group would find them. So they like kept running and running, and at they they were running on no sleep. They're starting to see. I, to me, I'm like, oh, a much needed filler. I'm glad that this is here right now. To me, this is not a filler at all. <laughs> like, yeah, not much is happening in the sense of fighting but they are not getting any sleep it comes to a point where appa crashes because he cannot fly anymore because he has not had any sleep and it's a great bonding moment for team avatar because everybody is so sleep deprived that they're at each other's throat so like they have to fight come together not bonding no they were at each other's throats the whole episode but by the end of the episode though like they had to come together they had to work together it might not be bonding in the traditional sense, but it's kind of like walking through fire together and coming out stronger on the other side. This episode is such a banger. Why do you say it's a filler? Because the end is insane. Because Zuko helps them fight Azula. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my that gosh, part. just don't listen to Asa. He does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> it was filler for me until the part at the end when they like Captain no. Planet her. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I still semi stand by my fillerish thing, except except for the tea moment with, and not like tea as in drama, but actual sharing tea between Toph and Iroh. So Azula strikes Iroh, and he literally falls to the ground. That's not filler. <laughs> Are you insane? <laughs> it just the. 
That's it, not a filler. It reminds me of The Last Jedi. There are cool moments sprinkled throughout, but the rest of it was stuff that I didn't care about. Oh, okay, so you don't care about Iroh. No, I care about Iroh. I care about... Okay, he almost I, died. Okay, well, if you say it like that, I'm like, it makes me feel like a bad person. <laughs> I'm just saying maybe you should actually read, like, take a minute and reread what actually happened before you come out and say blasphemy. <laughs> I mean, I, I skimmed through and it refreshed my memory on a good handful of things. And the tea moment was great. The the fight at the end where everybody comes together really for the first time and fights Azula and you see earth, fire, uh, wind, and why can't I think of all the elements? Anyways, you see- You all... also said wind. Did I say air and wind together? I don't know, but all I heard was wind. But wind is air. But you see those four elements all blasting at the same time on Azula? That was dope. And then I, I wake up and I'm like, uh, you know, I had a good time. Okay, just disregard everything Asa said about this episode and just, you know, listen to what I said. Okay, so then that leads us into the next episode, which is Bitter Work. Okay, you want to talk about a filler? This is a filler. Yeah, there is... The last episode, mm, not so much. This episode is a filler. I 100% agree that this episode is a filler. There is only one good thing and... If you don't mind me saying good. There's only one good thing that happens in this episode, and that is Iroh teaching Zuko, because now they're back together, how to redirect lightning. And essentially telling Zuko that, hey, there is a lot to learn from the other bending disciplines. And I think this is also a cool little foreshadow to like, hey, we already knew that Iroh was somebody different, but he is really something special and could lead to some sort of group that brings balance in the future. At least to me, mm. maybe it's because I already knew about what was to come like towards the end of where he ends up. But I thought that this was a really cool foreshadow for that. But I also thought it was really cool him trying to teach a waterbending technique to Zuko on how to redirect lightning. And I still channel lightning through myself. I do the motion. Yeah, I love I love redirecting lightning. I love that whole concept. I love watching people do it. Um, I will say that's not the only major thing that happens in this episode. Boing flip. <laughs> um, Aang is finally able to earthbend at the end of the episode, which is huge. This yeah, whole that, time. That's, that's a good thing. This whole time, Earth is his opposite. So Earth was one of his harder, one of his hardest... Um, bendings to pick up on and he was finally able to kind of activate it the next episode is probably one of my least favorite episodes in the sense of it's so stressful and sad (laughs) and it is the library oh and this is episode 10 okay yeah so this is the last episode we're going to talk about in this episode and dang is it a heart-wrenching yeah this one had me super depressed. Yeah. Oh, it was so frustrating and so many. <sighs> and it was um, it was gripping, too, at the yeah. same time. Like, well, it, it was, was super, very intense. It was super creepy because at the beginning, they go, they find this library in the middle of the desert. And that freaking owl is terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely terrifying. Especially, I am so afraid of owls. 
So to see that enormous, <laughs> I definitely had nightmares. Yeah, I definitely had nightmares about that owl when I was younger. And I didn't really think about this until Cora. But how crazy is it that that's a spirit? Yeah, that a, is pretty crazy. A guardian spirit that's watching over yeah. the all-knowing library. Well, and the biggest thing that they took away from this library is Sokka discovering the the date of the upcoming solar eclipse. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's potentially the date that they can invade the Fire Nation, which that, in turn, the owl gets angry because they're using the library for destruction right right and he didn't want that anymore so he was like you know what i'm gonna sink this and he sure did he sure did and then how can we forget about that um that professor the professor that yeah i mean the professor is kind of he wanted to be in the library forever so he was like peace out guys go ahead i'm gonna stay here and get buried in sand (laughs) but knowledge is power Unfortunately, Toph was the only one outside of the library with Appa because Appa obviously couldn't go inside. And right. so she is like holding on to the library long enough for the gang to get out. And I guess we need to talk about the unfortunate situation that happened outside, which is while she was holding <laughs> the library, the sandbenders came for Appa. To like sell him yeah i don't know kind of like poachers yeah and wow that was so oh i can still see her like holding onto the library and like saying sorry appa yeah and like closing her eyes because she couldn't she couldn't protect him against... because she was using her earth bending to try and hold and the sand the is so slippery up. so she barely had a grip on yeah. the tower so she couldn't do both and she had to choose the gang over Appa and wow. And she bared the brunt of, of that and Aang's pain. Yeah. And we'll get into that yeah, on the next one. Next one, but still, man, that's... I just like, couldn't even imagine like, Oh, I would feel so awful. And yeah. both on both like in Toph's shoes and then also in Aang's shoes, obviously. Yeah. And you know, this is also, I had mentioned it before. We notice another sub bending class, which is, sand so earthbenders being able to bend sand because even though Toph is the greatest earthbender at that point she was not bending sand so she really struggled with all the loose particles and everything which it's also might as well say because it's not in the actual show another reason why Kyoshi is so cool is not only was she able to bend sand but she was the only glass bender she made glass out of the sand sorry I had to throw that in there because Gotta show love for Kyoshi. Also, I just realized we never did our highs and lows of Link. Yeah, we can do them now. Um, now that we finished. So much has happened in the last four weeks, though. So, <laughs> um, he, oh. he said his first word, which, um, huge win for me. He, his first word was mama. Yeah. Um, I have been practicing that with him since the day he was born. And that's a harder one to say for babies. Yeah, and I just, I don't know. I was like, I carried him for like 10 months. He His first word can be mama. I feed him. <laughs> um, but he has also now since said no. Yeah. But he only said that like once. He says no, no. He says dada now. He says yeah, he baba, ya, ya, the whole, mm-hmm. any form of. But uh, he does say dada. Let's not just throw it yeah, into the mix. He does, should, he he does, does say dada. dada. As soon as he said mama. And as soon as I got that confirmation that Issa heard him say mama, <laughs> I was like, okay, 
now say dada <laughs> but he is really like coming into his voice and learning how to test with his vocal cords because even today he's just screaming not screaming but just like proclaiming and yeah. yelling and he's trying to crawl he's getting he's getting there with crawling he's a champ at crawling backwards yes. rolling and turning and getting back onto his knees but to push forward he's getting there yeah and i'm i'm thinking he has two more teeth coming in the top ones because he's just been drooling putting everything in his mouth so much more aware of like he's really in that wet noodle phase where he just wants to grab and play with everything because like for example when i was playing on the pc the other day he used to be able to just sit on my lap yeah and not do anything he'd just sit chill and watch but now he was leaning forward trying to smack the keyboard trying to grab the mouse he's into everything i'm ready dad i'm ready put me in coach which only makes me a little bit nervous for when he does crawl because he's going to be into everything and when he walks it's gonna be worse yes (laughs) so (laughs) we need to baby proof so any tips that you all have (laughs) on how to best baby proof especially you gamers out there because i am very particular about my stuff and with the new playstation xbox coming out i'm like boy don't be don't touch my stuff i mean it's inevitable but obviously we want to protect it but yeah we're just going to be running around especially asa and i both work from home so (laughs) that's going (laughs) to be interesting yeah for sure but i'm trying to think of a low um for for me my low is just that he has been having a really bad constipation and gas. Mm, yeah. So that's just been really, really tough to deal with because he's, on top of being squirmy, he's uncomfortable. Yeah, and it's it's not really anything we can fix. It's kind of inevitable because he's starting to eat more people food. Yeah. And his body is just getting used to doing that because his, obviously, digestion and everything is only used to breast milk. So yeah. just becoming acquainted with people food. But when in doubt, give him prunes yep and and he'll poop it out like he did today (laughs) everywhere it'll come flushing out (laughs) and you won't even realize it and you'll get it on your arm and you'll give it to reagan (laughs) who then gets it all over her hands and all over the bed and everywhere and then everybody's covered in poop and then you have to take a family shower that's how our evening went yeah so uh sound off let us know uh you know what are your parenting journeys Uh, what kind of stuff are you all enjoying how did you feel about the first half of book two? Yeah. It, I mean, looking through it, dang, a lot happened. I've said it once. I'll say it again. Book two is my favorite book of Avatar The Last Airbender. It is amazing. Like, going back and doing this, it's amazing to me how much they fit into one episode. And an yes. episode is only yes. 20 minutes. I'm like, how was that only one episode? So much stuff happened. And it all flows perfectly like none of it feels like too much yep so if you if you can if you have it in you you know please feel free to subscribe follow the podcast on all your wherever you're listening to this leave us a review if you want that would be nice because then it helps us to show up better and then after you leave your review if you want if you have suggestions of you know what you want us to talk about next what you want us to watch or play feel free to email us at entertainmentborderline at gmail.com but know that we've we've got some stack stuff that we're ready to talk about. We've yeah. we've gone through a lot in the past four weeks. Yes, we finished the K drama on Netflix. It's okay to not be okay. Oh my gosh! Yes, wow, we did. wow, my heart. Even just saying the title, I get a little bit choked up. It was so good. <laughs> Highly recommend. 
but man if you're gonna watch it just be prepared to get into some deep deep stuff yeah in the anime given oh my gosh yeah we watched given wow that feels like it didn't happen it was so fast Ten thousand years ago yeah it was so fast that's a really good quick anime it's like 12 episodes yeah um so if you're looking for a really really good music anime that's super quick definitely try given there's a season two coming out next year and now we're amping up for Attack on Titan. Yeah. The final season in final December. Final season Attack on Titan. Um, the the last week I did the Spooktober, the Bailey streaming event. So different game, spooky scary game every night. And the last one we just did a giant Among Us, and that was. Oh yeah! If you want to play Among Us with us, if we can get like a parents at play party going. Yes. That would be a, fun. And let's get you in the Discord and let's do yeah. a parents at play community game of among us it doesn't have to be a stream let's just hang out and let's kill each other (laughs) (laughs) yeah in a video game (laughs) this isn't the purge but i think that's uh and this is coming out on wednesday and as we're ending obviously a lot is happening in our world right now um so no matter what side you're on just stay safe and take care of yourself wear a mask be better to each other yeah be kind help each other out that's a lot of things we're telling you to do but just be a kind (laughs) person we are your parents (laughs) do as we say just be kind to one one another especially bringing it back to the parental aspect for the kids (laughs) yeah uh all right this has been the parents of play podcast i'm the dad asa and i'm the mom reagan and you are the listener thank you so much for for hanging out with us and Be ready for the next episode where we finish off book two of Avatar The Last Airbender. All right. Be well, everybody. Bye.